Welcome everyone. I'm Barbara Ingram, Director of Communications with the Henry County Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for joining us today for Business Insight. Today we are honored to have with us the new CEO of Piedmont Hospital, Dr. Lily Henson. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Henson. Nice to be here. Yes. I believe that uh, your start date with uh, Piedmont Henry was February 3rd, but you're not new to Piedmont Henry. Uh, you started first out at that location, I believe, in 2015. Can you tell us about your journey since then and what brought you back to Piedmont Henry? Sure. So I joined uh, Piedmont Healthcare as the Chief of Neurology in 2015. Um, and uh, in actually early 2016 came to Piedmont Henry to be the chief medical officer. I was here for a little over three years. Um, during that time, we made tremendous progress in terms of our um, quality and safety journey. It's one of the things I'm most proud about uh, in my professional career. Um, my husband and I moved back to Seattle where I practiced medicine for about 25 years last summer. Uh, but Piedmont Healthcare called in uh, the end of uh, sometime in December and asked me to come back to be the CEO of Piedmont Henry, and I couldn't resist. It was like coming back to my own uh, home. We're so glad that you accepted that call and that calling to join us here as our CEO. Uh, Piedmont Henry, the hospital, is one of 11 hospitals in the Piedmont Healthcare Center system for our audience listening in, and I'll just read from your fact sheet for a moment. The hospital, Piedmont Henry, is a 236-bed acute care community hospital, and you oversee 1,750 employees, including 700 physicians and hundreds of volunteers. And in 2019, the hospital had more than 15,000 inpatient admissions and close to 64,000 outpatient encounters. But the number that stands out for me is the fact that your emergency department served over 90,000 people last year. And that's an average of 247 people per day. That's a very busy center there. Uh, has your um, daily operation changed any since COVID-19? It has changed quite a bit. So as you mentioned, we have the busiest emergency room in the Piedmont healthcare system. I think with the fear in the community about exposure to COVID, uh, we, as many other hospitals are seeing, um, are seeing a significant reduction in the number of patients coming to the emergency room. Um, I think um, in the past, a lot of patients uh, would come to the emergency room for things that we really uh, don't think are necessarily emergencies, but because of lack of access to medical care, otherwise um, they have to come to the ER to get care. Now I think uh, people are really thinking twice about whether or not they want to come to the emergency room. Um, one of the things that I'm really proud about is the fact that we are uh, doing uh, uh, triaging right as you walk in the door to ensure that uh, the patients who come in with respiratory symptoms and fevers, those that we think may be at risk for COVID, um, are um, separated from patients who do not have those symptoms so that if you're coming in, for example, with a heart attack or a stroke, um, you're, not you're not being exposed to the patients who might be COVID-related. Um, um, so 
that's a long way of saying that we've seen a lot of um, patients come in, but primarily at this point it's for people who are really, really sick, who really need our emergency services, or those who are sick because of COVID-related uh, um, illness and are seeking medical attention. Right. And I saw recently that you um, released or, or re-released uh, a telehealth program. Yes. Um, well, uh, you know, what we're trying to do is practice social distancing, right? And um, at the end of the day, uh, patients still need to get medical care. And uh, the idea is that um, you can practice medicine via telehealth uh, if the patient is comfortably at home uh, and can be evaluated by a healthcare provider via telemedicine. It's a technology uh, that has been shown to be effective, and uh, so a lot of our outpatient practices have gone to telehealth as a way of helping manage their patients without bringing their patients into, the, um, into their offices and potentially uh, exposing them to um, COVID. Understood. So your operation, your daily operation continues to be busy, but just um, a different climate and a different type of patient for the most part? Yes. We've had to, uh, again, very similar to other hospitals in the, around the country, we've had to cancel our elective surgeries, uh, partly to protect our patients, again, uh, to make sure that people aren't coming into the hospital and potentially being exposed, but also to, uh, to ensure that we have adequate uh, personal protective equipment for our staff. So when you have uh, an operation, you know, the staff have to dress up in masks and gowns and gloves, and that's um, material that we need to save for our staff when they're taking care of the COVID patients uh, to make sure that they're safe. Great. So. Here we are moving into mid-April, and uh, a recent letter that you wrote to the uh, Henry County officials and many others stated that you expected that if the, um, the testing rate and the cases continued at the level that they were projected, that you might reach your full capacity around this time, um, April 9th was the the actual date and we're past that date. How is the hospital faring and what's your capacity at status at right now? Well, that's a great question. Well, um, so the statistics were uh, based upon the modeling that we did uh, when I wrote that letter was that Piedmont Healthcare across the system, so all 11 hospitals would reach our capacity uh, by uh, April 9th. Uh, what we have done since that time is we have expanded our capacity. So for example, um, we have a 24-bed ICU. Uh, about two weeks ago, we turned that into a 40-bed ICU by taking over our IMCU. Um, and we are planning as of next week to increase our ICU capacity to 60 beds by taking over one of the medical surgical units um, that has 20 beds. So uh, given the fact that about 50% of the patients who are COVID positive end up in the intensive care unit, our focus has been primarily to ensure that we uh, convert enough beds into ICU uh, beds, 
making sure that we have the ventilators available to take care of the patients in the ICU, and also making sure that we have both the physicians and staff, as well as PPE, to take care of those patients. So uh, we have um, gone into what we call surge um, at this point. Uh, we are using um, a different model of staffing to ensure that we have enough people uh, to take care of our patients. Uh, some of our sister hospitals like Fayette and Noonan and Atlanta have been similarly hit with the numbers that we have had here at Henry. Some of yeah. our other sister hospitals are about a week or two behind us. It really depends upon the community and how much transmission of the virus there is in their communities. And so um, there are uh, uh, there's capacity available at some of our other sister facilities, but we are um, certainly operating um, at fairly significant capacity here at Henry with respect to our ICU beds. Now, interestingly, one of the things uh, we've seen is that our medical surgical census has dropped. So just as I mentioned earlier, uh, fewer people are coming into the hospital because they're afraid of um, catching um, uh, COVID. Uh, what we're seeing is that our medical surgical beds are not uh, being used as much as we traditionally have. I think if you had come into our hospital six months ago, uh, what I think a lot of our uh, citizens have, would have experienced would be that we, our emergency room is full, we're holding patients in the emergency room, so even patients who've been admitted that we know need to be in the hospital because there are no beds upstairs on the medical surgical units are held sometimes for days in the emergency room. Because the number of patients coming into the hospital have, uh, other than COVID-related have dropped, we've actually had extra beds available in some of our medical surgical units. So we've actually closed down a couple of the units to, um, to spare the staffing. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, uh, have taken over some of the uh, other units to convert into ICU beds. So again, 2 East is usually a medical surgical unit. It's got 20 beds, and we've, we're turning that into an intensive care unit. So we're flexing to um, meet the needs of the patients that we have. And it sounds like you are doing a fine job uh, having made those uh, transitions and conversions and built out additional capacity so that now this surge that you're in is not pushing your staff uh, over the limit of taking care of all of the uh, patients that require attendance. Is that correct? Yes. And now we haven't hit the peak of our surge. You know, we're, uh, we're in that uh, ascent of the climb uh, with respect to our patients. And if you look at our numbers, you can see a steady increase in the number of COVID patients that we have. For example, today we have, uh, I believe, 49 uh, patients in the hospital who are COVID positive, and another, um, let me think, uh, another 23 who are being investigated. So overall, about 70 plus patients uh, in the hospital that are either COVID positive or being investigated. All of those patients obviously have to be under uh, isolation, and so our staff have to be gowned up have to have their N95 masks on, have to have their goggles or face shields on to protect their eyes, have to have their gloves and um, gowns on to protect themselves 
uh, and prevent the spread of the disease. I'm really, really proud of what our team has done. Um, and it's not just the nurses. The nurses obviously are, um, are on the front lines of taking care of these patients, but there's a whole team of people behind the nurses taking care of these patients. Obviously, there's the physicians and the advanced practice providers uh, helping to provide medical care. But if you think about the patient care techs, the environmental service workers, the uh, nutrition folks who prepare meals, um, uh, the supply chain people, my goodness, they just work around the clock to make sure that we have the supplies we need. And then our engineering and biomedical people. So again, it's not easy to convert a unit into an ICU um, unit uh, overnight. And all of these folks have been working literally around the clock uh, to make sure that the frontline staff have what they need to take care of our patients. It is really um, something that I've, obviously none of us have lived through a pandemic before, but it's something that I'm incredibly proud of um, because we just have such amazingly dedicated workers who are all doing their part to make sure that we are able to care for these patients. Yes, we um, are very thankful that we have the Piedmont Henry dedicated staff that, that we do. And watching television constantly through this shelter-in-place uh, period, uh, we are acutely aware of what the healthcare frontline team is going through. Um, and I heard you mention the word ascent, that we are still ascending in the number of cases that are, are being um, diagnosed, and we watch television and, and see that New York, which has been the epicenter, as yes. they describe on, on the uh, daily reports, that they are perhaps um, leveling off. Uh, they, they didn't quite uh, definitively say that that's where they are, but they are hopeful looking at the numbers. But I heard you say that we are still on an ascent pattern. Yes, we are. Now, um, the good news is that, um, you know, uh, we have uh, shelter in place, and um, I think we're lucky compared to New York because we're less um, uh, packed in together, and so we're able to uh, socially distance and, and try to remain safe. So our um, rate of our climb has not been as dramatic as New York's, uh, but it is a climb. Uh, my my hope is, is that we don't see what see here what we're seeing in New York. Uh, but again, I'm I'm grateful that our community has um, taken to heart the, the the advice to shelter in place, to uh, socially distance, to wash their hands, um, and to make sure that they're they're taking care of themselves. I think that will make a big difference in terms of uh, our ability to keep um, us from turning into a New York. Yes, and, and we have all seen some evidence that these strategies are working in other places, so we're looking forward to seeing our numbers start to level off very soon. Uh, this is a pivotal week in that the governor um, renewed the public health state of emergency for the state of Georgia. Uh, extended that to uh, mid-May, mid and he also extended the shelter-in-place through April. So we want to continue, as they say, keep our 
foot on the pedal with uh, sheltering in place and social distancing? And what other advice do you have for us? Uh, because there, are, there is a lot of hope for opening back up our economy, but at this time with the, the measures taken by the governor and hearing you say that our numbers are still climbing, what advice do you have for the citizens of Henry County? Well, um, basically, you know, if um, you're able to stay at home um, and avoid uh, going outside if you can, again, keep yourselves, your family uh, members healthy by washing your hands, disinfecting carefully. Um, you know, right now our projections suggest that uh, we will be peaking at the end of the month. So because our rate of uh, climb has not been as steep as originally thought, um, we think, you know, the worst is still to come. And so at the end of the day, we know that the virus is out there and, and people are going to be sick. The question is, you know, do we uh, have such a large um, group of patients all ending up in the hospitals that overwhelm our capability of taking care of them. When they're trickling in um, and slowly growing as we, we're seeing, we're able to surge and accommodate for that, which is, again, what we've done in the past week. We have more ICU patients now than we did two weeks ago, or, and, and we have more ICU beds than we did two weeks ago. We have the cap capability of growing um, and expanding our services to, to take care of the need um, by, again, slowing the rate of growth. Um, again, with the measures that we've talked about, it's really given us the ability to make sure that we're prepared to take care of all these patients who are going to end up on our doorsteps. Um, so what we're doing right now is the best thing we can do, um, and, uh, and I thank the citizens of Henry County for being um, thoughtful about uh, taking care of themselves and taking care of their community by doing that. Yes, we do. We're happy to have you with us, Dr. Henson, and thank you for your leadership. Thank you for all that you're doing, you and your staff, your entire team at Piedmont Henry. And we want to give you one last opportunity to speak to the community at large. Thank you. Well, as you point out, um, it's all about teamwork. Uh, and I've mentioned earlier how blessed I feel to have such an amazing team here at Piedmont Henry Hospital. We also couldn't do it without our community. Uh, one of the things that has just been overwhelming for me and all of my staff is the generosity and the love and the support that we've seen from our community from uh, people donating food, donating supplies, coming up to the hospital and uh, saying prayers for us. Uh, it's, it's obvious that um, we are truly a community and um, the support that we've seen have, have just been so amazing and so appreciated by our staff. You know, they work really long hours. Um, they're risking their lives and, and the health of their loved ones by being here and to know that they're appreciated uh, really, really means a lot to our team. So thank you so much, Henry County. Um, I, I just cannot say enough uh, in terms of how grateful I am as are the members of my team. Well, we are so grateful to have you, and 
Thank you for all that you're doing, your entire team. And the Chamber thanks you. We appreciate your time today. It was very enlightening, and we hope to see you under much better circumstances in the very near future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.